We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Presenting Pink Floyd's Animals 2018 Remix, the classic album remixed for the first time. Available now on vinyl LP, CD, and digital. Special limited deluxe edition coming on October 7th. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to week five of the PFF Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine, uh, here with my good friends Tyler Beaker and Scott Barrett. Uh, so, Scott, you walked into the room, and I saw this, like, 1980s Pro Football Focus swag you have on here. How do I get, how do I get my hands in this lovely uh, this lovely sweatshirt? Yeah, this is a this is a special limited edition. I got this a few years ago. I don't think these they make these anymore. So I hope not. <laughs> Retro indeed. Um, one of my favorite sweatshirts. So I, I will listen to to no hating on it. Uh, t- Tyler, this was before your time when these sweet sweet uh, sweatshirts got handed out, correct? Yeah, before me. Unfortunately, I missed out on the goods. <laughs> oh man, uh, how's everybody was week off for? I had myself a good week for. Swap cash on all the sites, had some good tournaments as well. Uh, I'm looking to keep it rolling. Uh, Tyler, how'd you do? Yeah, swept cash, like you said, uh, on tournaments, I got a lot of very contrarian options in my tournament lineups and the chalk hit. And when the chalk hits and you try to go too cute, yes. you get burnt. So I got burnt tournaments, but luckily I was able to survive via cash. Literally the highest owned players, they they all went off, every single one of them. You yep. couldn't miss. Um, and uh, I, I do the article where we kind of look at average ownership and stuff like that here on Roto-Grinders. And uh, I think we we hit a peak for the season, I'm going to guess, last week in terms of the chalk hitting. Uh, Scott, how was, week, how was week four for Scott? I, I actually wrote the the worst article I've ever written in my entire life. And, uh, you know, people like reached out to uh, PFF and told them to fire me. Like I've written, <laughs> I've written like 450 articles in my career. And like, honestly, nothing was ever as bad as this. Uh, I said to fade Mitch Trubisky, George Kittle and Golden Tate. Uh, I still think Trubisky is a fish call. The data backed up the Tate fade uh, as well as the Kittle fade. Uh, and it, it just, you know, really, really, really rough uh, uh, results based uh, outcome for me was not was not good Bounce, and the, 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 the the worst part is like i like sat like looking at these guys for a while 
And I was like, no, I'm not going to play them. But I, I think I have good analysis on on why to fade them. So I'll, I'll write that up, even though they are more borderline calls. But no. Just and they're even like 1% or 2% on guys to get burned on all of them down in a row when all the chalk goes off. So uh, <laughs> not not a good article week for Scott. But we'll look to bounce back uh, for week five. Uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff going on here in Pro Football Focus. We're going to have Scott's actual opportunity. <laughs> Uh, we're going to go a couple uh, their green line is really there's a eight point difference their green line has and one of the over unders is going to be for the Thursday game. So we'll talk about that. Uh, but let's get into it here. Let's uh, start talking some of the plays of the week and uh, we'll start off at quarterback. We're going to give you a, a stud, a value play uh, and some duds at each position uh, that they guys uh, aren't really too interested in uh, using some of the data at PFF. Uh, so, Tyler, let's start with you uh, off the bat here. Uh, we've got a shootout of all shootouts uh, pegged to happen in Pittsburgh this week. The overs have been hitting. If you've just been blindly uh, picking the overs, uh, you have won uh, pretty big so far this year. Vegas is starting to adjust. Uh, this game is a 57 over under, uh, but you're rolling out both, both Scott, uh, both you guys taking the quarterbacks from this game. Uh, no surprise. Uh, let's start off with Matt Ryan. Yeah. If there's one thing I've learned so far this off or this season, it's been that if you want to win a tournament, you're going to need every single in your lineup to outperform. Wildly. Not even just the, I, I had a conversation today with somebody else where last year, 20, you know, you got 28 fantasy points from a quarterback. You could ship tournaments. You need 40 from your quarterbacks. Now this is a completely different era of fantasy that we're in right now. Yeah. It's unreal how the season started. And in order to do that, you need to target the high scoring games. Um, this is the one we want to target here, this uh, Falcons-Pittsburgh game. And uh, Matt Ryan's a guy that I'm very interested in tournaments. He's doing a great job of spreading the ball around, trying to find the open man. Shouldn't have any difficulty doing that against Pittsburgh's soft secondary. Through the first four weeks, Pittsburgh ranks third in most passing yardage allowed, second in most passing touchdowns allowed. Their pressure rate of just 10.5% ranks bottom 12. It's allowing opposing wideouts to gain separation, make big plays. I'm not really going to overthink it. Uh, a Matt Ryan Julio stack is going to be the foundation of my main tournament team this week. And uh, what I like about this game, this is like must win for both of these teams. Pittsburgh's at the bottom of their division at one, two, and one. The Falcons are one and three. Uh, Scott, let's roll this back uh, at quarterback. Why is Ben Roethlisberger uh, worse? Ben? You don't have to convince me on this. This game is, I'm going to stack this game every which way uh, using the lineup builder here on Rod Yeah, I actually think Atlanta's defense is probably worse than Pittsburgh uh, at this point. They they rank third worst in points allowed per drive. Um, They rank second worst uh, on the slate in schedule-adjusted fantasy points per game allowed to opposing quarterbacks. They rank fifth worst in pressures forced per dropback. And we all know the Ben Roethlisberger split since 2014, 23.5 fantasy points per game at home, 14.1 away. You know, James Connors under 20 rushing yards in two of his last three games. It's going to be a pass-heavy affair. Uh, and uh, efficiency should be good for, for Roethlisberger in this contest. Yeah, there's just uh, there's so many points Atlanta's hemorrhaging over the past couple of weeks, too. It's over 100 uh, over the past three weeks combined. It was like 37, 34, and 24 since that defense has crumbled. Absolutely love this game. Everybody's going to be stacking it. Do you, do you think both both like these guys are going to come in so high-owned, especially with stacks? Everyone's going to be piling in. But that is not going to scare me off this week. I'm going to be with the field, uh, if not more, by the time it's all said and done. Absolutely love this game this week. Uh, let's talk about a couple of value quarterbacks. And I think you've got the chalk uh, quarterback. I haven't looked at our projected ownership yet, Tyler. So I will let you know that. Um, but Blake Bortles, there's all these things working in Blake Bortles' favor. You've got the without Leonard Fournette splits. You've got a game where they're going to have to likely score. Um, when uh, Bortles flopped a couple weeks ago against Tennessee, I think the Tennessee defense was a little underrated at that time. And we know the Kansas City defense is going to be bad all season long here. Uh, I'm in agreement. I think Bortles is probably going to be the chalk quarterback of the week for most people. Yeah, definitely at that price tag on DraftKings. He's a guy that I was immediately gravitated towards. Um, I really like this this game here between him and the Mahomes-led Chiefs. In two of his last three games, Bortles has thrown for over 300-plus yards. He's had fantasy outings of 28.3 and 36.5 DK points. Not just a floor you're getting here with Bortles. You're also getting a pretty high ceiling. The Chiefs' combination of high pace and a leaky secondary also make this a game where Bortles could be throwing a ton. Like you said, Fournette's out. They've done a fantastic job in those splits. Uh, as far as the passing game goes with Fournette out of the game, Kansas City has allowed the second most air yards and the most yards after catch to opposing offenses. So that means Bortles can hit guys deep and hit guys underneath and let them pile up yardage on their own. The Chiefs have allowed over 30 Fandle points on average to opposing quarterbacks not named Case Keenum. Uh, it's been almost every game the Chiefs have allowed opposing QBs to go off. And I think Bortles is a great cash play. 
Uh, I forgot where I did. I heard this earlier in the week and I forgot where it was. So uh, I don't, this isn't my stat, but in Blake Bortles last 10 games he's played, he's not just a quarterback one. He's the quarterback one um, over his last 10 games that he's played. Now there's a lot of stuff like Patrick Mahomes didn't exist last year. Aaron Rodgers was hurt, but that is, uh, I heard that from, uh, it was somebody credible. Otherwise I wouldn't repeat it. Uh, but just a, a, an amazing stat on Bortles and everything's lined up for him to have a huge game. I think he's going to be pretty chalky, especially in cash games this week uh, on DraftKings. Uh, Scott, so you're going a little contrarian here. Now, what's your thoughts on Bortles? Do you like Bortles or did you get to the sheet late and you couldn't write him in there? Yeah, he was my he was my top guy for sure. Uh, all right, so you got a couple uh, swerves off of that and I like where you're going in tournaments. When could we ever play uh, Russell Wilson at... 5,100 is, is this a misprint on DraftKings and what should be like a game where he's going to be chucking the ball around the yard from the start here because they're not going to try to run it against Los Angeles right is, is Pete Carroll really going to try to run the ball like he wants to over and over again I don't think so you like Carson Wentz too the Minnesota defense I think is, is probably a little overrated they're going into Philadelphia on the road I think Wentz can put up a lot of points I think these are two really good scores for you yeah, so he's super cheap on DraftKings. Russell Wilson, that is, uh, 1800 less than his average salary last year. You know, he struggled with uh, efficiency with Doug Baldwin out. Doug Baldwin's back. Uh, low rushing volume, low pass volume. Um, but, you know, he's had two victories and then two losses, and the two losses were both one-score games. This is a game where, without Earl Thomas, up against what's easily, I think, the best offense in the NFL, they're practically screwed. So, you know, I know they want to run, but I don't see that happening after the Rams put up, like, 21 points in the first quarter. Um, and, and the Rams' defense, I, honestly, like, if everyone's healthy, I think is top five, borderline. But, you know, with Aqib Tlaib out, Marcus Peters hobbled, a defensive line that could only get interior pressure, which should mean, you know, more room to run for Russell Wilson. I, I actually like this matchup quite a bit. Then on the other, uh, my other uh, value play quarterback, uh, Carson Wentz is super cheap. I, I really like him, and I really like Kirk Cousins. I think uh, you know that's a sneaky shootout. Uh, Alshon's back for Carson. Um, uh, so among all teams on this slate, the Vikings rank worst. Philly ranks fourth worst in schedule-adjusted fantasy points per game allowed to quarterbacks. They're both glaring pass funnels. 81% of Philadelphia's yardage allowed has been via the pass most uh, 73% for Minnesota. That's ninth most Minnesota ranks fourth worst in opposing passer rating. No Everson Griffin. This, this past defense is not anywhere near what it was last year and, and, and pace is high as you'll see when we uh, talk about Pat Thorman's article. Yeah, uh, I absolutely love that. I, this slipped through my cracks last week when I was uh, making my Thursday lineups. I can believe Kirk Cousins was only 5,300. I, I completely glossed over that. I had Thielen and I think I had Robert Woods in there because they were all cheap. Uh, it looks like the DraftKings algorithm. If you're going up against the Rams, you're getting too much of a price. That the guys get decreased way too much against them right now. So, um, Russell, I'm going to have some Russell Wilson. That is an amazing price on him. Uh, I like that call quite a bit. A couple of duds here. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, this dude doesn't exist to me. Dak Prescott doesn't exist to me. I don't want to. There's just some guys. I don't care. The low-owned quarterbacks have been coming through. We saw Mitch Trubisky. And we saw Derek Carr last week. We had Patrick Mahomes. I think that was in week two. In week one, we had Ryan Fitzpatrick at no ownership go off. But Tyler, I don't care. This is a, this is a fade for me. No Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I agree. I'll keep it pretty short here. The mirage of the 3-0 Dolphins came crashing back to earth last week against the Patriots. Uh, the Bengals get back Vontaze Burfus. Um, the squad matches up really well against Dolphins and their vertical wide receivers. They limit big pass plays. And there's also a really big issue here with pace. The Dolphins are on the second fewest plays per game and run at the league's slowest seconds per snap. Um, shout out to Pat Thorman for that stat. Uh, there's just very little overall volume here for Tannehill, and it's a game that I don't think you really need to try to force in. Yeah, hard pass. Uh, and Scott, I want to message you, uh, or not message you, ask you this question. Uh, Stafford's 5,700. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? He's another quarterback. Uh, there's a lot of viable tournament quarterbacks. That game could have shootout written all over it as well, though. Uh, yeah, I like Stafford. He's, he's not one of my top guys um, outside of Roethlisberger, Ryan, Russ, Wentz, Cousins. I mean, there's also uh, – and Bortles. There's also Jared Goff, uh, Cam Newton I like quite a bit. Um, I think Derek Carr's and, and Rivers are kind of in play. Yep. Uh, even even Josh Rosen has a, a super cheap option. There, there's, I actually hate this week. It's kind of like a, a, 
uh, a mass multi-entry sort of week for me because there's few glaring top plays and like a lot of the guys I like, there's like five guys right around in, them in my projections. Mm-hmm. If you need help uh, optimizing our lineup builder here at Rotogrinder, Scott, let me help I help the guys build it. We got all kinds of cool stuff on it here for you. So uh, uh, real quick, your dud uh, of the week at quarterback before we get to your opportunity next. Your uh, popular name, you don't want to roster this guy this week, but you, if you're playing season long, go pick them up because uh, the schedule turns in really nice for one Baker Mayfield. Yeah, that's my boy, Baker Mayfield. It's just the, the matchup looks really tough. Ravens rank first in fantasy points allowed per drop back, first in opposing passer rating. Uh, they're getting pressure to the quarterback at an alarming rate. Uh, so he's just a fade for me this week. But I, I'll happily uh, uh, play him next time he's in a good matchup. Oh, that is like the next five or six weeks in a row he's going to be after this week. So go, go get him in your season-long teams. Uh, all right, Scott, uh, I'll give you a minute here to talk about your actual opportunity. I've got it pulled up as big as I can make it on my screen for everybody here. Uh, talk about what this is, and then uh, give me a couple key standouts, uh, some info we can take away for this week. Yeah, actual opportunity is my uh, uh, metric for measuring usage. Uh, it's based on an 11-season sample of play-by-play data. We're, we're calculating expected fantasy points to determine how valuable a player's role is by what the average player would have scored with a literally identical workload. So same carries from the same spot on the field at the same down and distance, the same targets with the same air yards, the same distance from the end zone. Uh, and so if you look at that, you'll notice that Alvin Kamara has easily the best usage of any player in fantasy, you know, so it happens when you get high double digit carry totals per game and double digit targets per game. And you lead the league in opportunities inside the 10 yard line. Uh, you'll notice Kiki Kuti was someone who stood out uh, as having fantastic volume in week one. It's just a one game sample though. Otherwise Adam Thielen right now is dominating all wide receivers in terms of volume followed by Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster, Saquon Barkley, great volume, Christian McCaffrey, great volume also on a market share basis. Uh, uh, So last week, actually, my number one positive regression candidate was Corey Davis, Mm -hmm. and man, did that regression hit. Yeah, so so, uh, uh, you'll have to stay tuned uh, to hear who my my, uh, two top regression candidates are this week. All right, so we'll get to that in a minute. But Scott puts a lot of time on this. You can get this uh, with the Edge subscription at Pro Football Focus uh, and the fantasy articles along with everything else over there. Uh, let's move it along into running backs. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there's as many running backs as I want to play, but the the top tier looks pretty good, Tyler. And uh, you're start, you're starting off with a guy. I uh, I made my chalk cash team before the show here. Uh, Melvin Gordon was in it. It's just so hard when he gets all the receptions near the goal line. He gets all the rushes. He's so involved. And Austin Eckler, while he's playing, isn't eating into any of his work share. And then you have uh, the nuts matchup here against Oakland. Uh, How do you not play Melvin Gordon this week? Yeah, honestly, the question is, how do you not play both Gurley and Gordon? I'm going to try to fit them both in. I currently have them in my FanDuel lineup, and I think they're both very strong. DraftKings is a little tougher. DraftKings is a little tough. I'll give you that. But the thing is, Gordon is just a fantastic play this week against the Raiders. He's averaging 22 opportunities per game. That's carries and targets. He's top 12 in Scott's actual opportunity report. Leads the league in targets inside the 10-yard line. And has scored at least 30 DraftKings points in three of four games. The Raiders have our third worst run defensive grade and have allowed the third most rushing yards, sixth most fantasy points opposing backs. There's reason after reason just to go for Gordon. Um, They're implied for the second highest score of the main slate. 29.25 29.25 points if the Chargers hope to hit that score they're going to rely on Gordon quite a bit yeah and it's just these high touch high volume running backs you can use them in any format and doesn't matter they're the safest form of fantasy points while also having some of the highest ceilings uh to let you win so even if he's going to be highly owned uh, you don't have to fade these guys necessarily in tournaments. absolutely uh, love Melvin Gordon uh Scott you've got Todd Gurley now Gurley is what 800 more you got to expect him to have a big game my only the Rams can just I think Melvin Gordon's touchdown work is a little bit safer than Gurley because just the Rams can score with any player on the field at any point in time given how good their offense is how good their head coach is uh, how good the offense has looked here so I'm going to take the cost savings with Gordon um, but I do like Gurley quite a bit. Okay, that, that's true, but also the Rams are probably going to score more points. Yeah, 50 and, points. <laughs> and Gurley, Gurley is their favorite 
uh, end zone option. Uh, so he averages 32.5 fantasy points per game in his last seven. He's scored at least 20 in each of his last eight. Uh, he dropped 45 the last time he faced Seattle. Earl Thomas is out. We all know uh, the various splits with him in and out of the lineup. Um, so Gurley's played in seven games over the past two seasons where the Rams have won by 20 or more points. Um, it, that's astounding. In those games, he still averages 79% of the team's snaps, 18.3 carries per game, 5.0 targets per game, and 27.3 fantasy points per game. He's immune to blowouts, uh, you know, with Alvin Kamara uh, off the main slate. And with Mark Ingram back, he's mm-hmm. the safest uh, option this week, and he probably has the highest floor, t- uh, the highest ceiling too. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with Tyler. I don't know if it's possible, but I'm trying to – jam him and melvin ingram in all of my lineups uh what i like too is Gurley. last week he his before last week they've been blowing everybody out and i, I kind of do expect them to blow them out but they do have to go to seattle on here last week in the back and forth high scoring game uh, I, I believe he played like almost every snap nobody else really saw the field or got any uh, opportunity at all it was all todd Gurley if the game stays close so if game script didn't go completely in the rams favor Gurley's going to be in there for every single play and nobody's going to be stealing snaps at all um, all right, Tyler, let's talk about, uh, I think the Cardinals, they figured out how to use their new toy. It only took four weeks. Who would have thought to get one of the most explosive playmakers in all of football, giving him more touches, uh, more opportunities than he had all season. This happened last week for David Johnson, uh, has a pretty cupcake matchup here going into San Francisco this week. Uh, and that price is never going to be this low again. Yeah, we had mentioned this before the show. I don't think we'll ever see another sub 7K David Johnson this year on DraftKings. Uh, we saw that the introduction of Josh Rosen, man, a heavy dosage of DJ for the first time. He had 21 carries, catching three or four targets, gained 100 yards from scrimmage for the first time this season, and reached the end zone. This week, great matchup here against the 49ers, who have gotten burned by receiving backs. As much as we like to target pass-catching backs against against Atlanta's defense, we'll soon need to start doing the same thing against San Francisco. They've given up the third most receiving fantasy points to opposing backs. This game looks gross from a pace lens, but the one bright spot is going to be DJ, who has seen his snaps climb every week, season high of almost 92% last week, and has multiple touchdowns well within his range of outcomes here. Uh, Yeah, Uh, Dave Johnson's probably going to be on my cash team this week for sure, and uh, I'll be sprinkling in a lot of tournaments. Uh, Scott, I want to ask you, so – uh, Tyler talked about Melvin Gordon five or what is it? $600 less is your boy, Derry Sanders, uh, Christian McCaffrey, which between one of those two, which ones you got this week between uh, Derry Sanders and who Melvin Gordon. Uh, I'd got to go with Gordon, but uh, it, it is close. Yeah. Oh, couldn't even stay on brand. You got to stay on brand. Man. I know. I know. Okay, Christian McCaffrey. All right. Let's talk a couple of your value running backs. There is, you kind of got like this tier right here, right? We've got TJ Yeldon, who I think is going to be pretty chalky. should be heavily involved in the passing game. And as tough as it is to roster TJ Yeldon, it's really hard to see him fail, I think, in this game, unless Corey Grant just kind of takes over something weird happens. You've got a couple other names here as well. Uh, so let's uh, spread it around the chalk and then uh, some less obvious options. for people. Yeah, so Yeldon actually burned me in, in week two uh, when yes. I talked about him on this podcast. But uh, that was before we realized he was hurt. Uh, I think that news came out on like Saturday. Uh, and if it affected his workload. He had a 50, 50, uh, perfectly even split with Corey Grant, but that wasn't the case in any of the other three games. So if we exclude that week, his usage been, it's been great, uh, averaging 14.6, uh, fantasy points per game, uh, expected fantasy points per game, despite Fournette playing four quarters over that stretch. Um, oh yeah. And if you exclude week two, it's 15.7 and the split, uh, is 82% to 18% in Yeldon's favor. Again, that's actual opportunity expected fantasy points. Uh, and just the chiefs rank third worst in yards per carry. They're giving up the most total fantasy points per game to opposing running backs, the fifth most rushing and the most receiving. We know Yeldon's a better receiver. It's just a, you know, smash matchup. Um, and then the less obvious names, Matt Breida against Arizona. Uh, he was hurt heading into last week, and he got hurt during the game, and that played a role in his snap count. Uh, you know, if, if he's all systems go, he's full health, then uh, he's a guy I want to play. Arizona's giving up the second most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Uh, atrocious on the ground. Um, and then Aaron Jones, I guess, is like a, a more of a tournament option. But uh, every Green Bay pass catcher uh, – didn't practice like starting didn't practice today like that's that's big uh and why not go run heavy in this contest when your quarterback is banged up 
and the Lions rank last in yards per carry, second worst in rushing fantasy points per game. And Aaron Jones is awesome. He's been awesome since last year. He's smashing. Uh, he's averaging like 6.5 yards per carry when every other running back of the team is averaging 2.6. Uh, leads the league in a landslide by missed tackles force per carry when Jamal Williams is dead last by a landslide. It just the usage makes no sense, and but it is a concern. Uh, but you Mike know McCarthy, bro. I know, I know. <laughs> but you know, if rational coaching, then he is he's a lock button play. But you can't make that assumption. We've almost got all of the bad coaches out of the league. I don't know if McCarthy's a bad coach. But I think he's held he Aaron Rodgers back. Yeah, like the or Aaron. Rod- Imagine if Aaron Rodgers had Sean McVay yeah. as his coach. Oh my God, <laughs> that'd be insane. Andy Reid, Belichick. Oh my goodness. Um. All right, let's get a couple of duds in here at the running back position. Uh, Tyler Carlos. I, you know, we didn't like Baker Mayfield. I feel like you're taking. You know, we took the easy way out with Baker Mayfield. Scott did, and you're taking the easy way out here at running back with Carlos. I. You just don't. You just don't take players against the Ravens. Right? Yeah, I think we're burying the lead that the play is the Baltimore Ravens on GST. <laughs> yes. uh, like Carlos Hyde, though, an easy fade for me. He has a current six-game streak of at least 50 yards and a touchdown. I think that streak ends here against Baltimore. Um, they've allowed just six plays from inside the five so far this year, rarely allowing backs to get in that close to the goal line and get those cheap scores. The front seven of Baltimore is perhaps one of the most unheralded units, um, but the secondary is getting back Jimmy Smith, and I th- think this whole defense is an ascending group. They're top five and fewest rushing yards allowed, and they've given up just one rushing touchdown to opposing backs on the year. Uh, and Scott, you got Dalvin Cook. Can't play this dude until he's fully healthy. The hamstring issues, we've seen this. Leonard Fournette, it's bothering him. Cook's trying to play through it. It's not really working out for him. This is probably why you like Kirk Cousins, because they're not gonna, you can't run on Philadelphia, and you're certainly not going to be able to do it with Latavius Murray banging into the line. Kirk Cousins is going to chuck this ball 50 times. I think that's probably why you like this that's right. You, you nailed it. <laughs> I, did, I took it all from you. There you go. All right. Uh, let's go to the uh, PFF green line here. Uh, so, Devin, cue up the screen share. And I've seen – Scott, I'll stick with you on this since I took all the words out of your mouth. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at woodhousemazda.com. Delvin Cook, the biggest advantage that Greenline has given a single play this year is currently the over in the Thursday night game. The market is currently at 41, and the green line has it sitting at 59, um, which is just the biggest discrepancy I have seen all season. The market has it at, at 51, right? You said yes. 41. so it's at eight points over. So go if, uh, if you like the green line product, go jam the over right now on this one. Um, what are your thoughts on this Thursday night game? I like DraftKings. You know, they have the showdown. I don't play the showdown. But they have a big, there's a big enough contest on the Thursday through Monday slate. Like you can win $10,000, $20,000 in some of the tournaments. I play those. I play cash games. Uh, what do you see happening in this Thursday night game? Yeah, I don't know. I, I remember last week saying, uh, oh, I don't know about uh, Green Lion's call on the Patriots smashing to yeah. such a huge extent. And then that's exactly what happened. So uh, I'm, I'm slowly learning not to not to fight it. Uh, but yeah, if you scroll down to the impact player injuries, you'll see littered or Harrison <laughs> Wilson out or questionable, um, you know, Hilton not playing arguably that hurts the, the over under, but then the other side, you'll see Eric Rowe, who's, you know, bad, also hurt questionable. Um, Edelman comes back. Uh, I, I'm not sure. It's just uh, two really not great defenses, two pretty good uh offenses so uh uh who knows maybe this could be a, a sloppy uh slugfest uh i don't know this over tyler what's your thoughts on this game i i kind of like the over in, in dfs a lot of these guys are kind of priced appropriately so I, i'm not specifically targeting them like i was maybe a, a woods and Thielen, and a lot of people that game were underpriced last week on DraftKings. they're all kind of priced appropriately what do you see happening here uh, well, I just opened a new tab to my bookie and started hammering the over. Uh, <laughs> but I am with you here on this game. Uh, I think there's a lot of fantasy goodness to be had. Uh, I'm definitely entering some showdown slates with Patriots 
stacks and bringing it back with some Naheem Hines and some Eric Ebron. I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy points scored in this one. Yeah, uh, I tend to agree on that one. So uh, I like to do the Greenland product that comes with the uh, the premium uh, package here on uh, Pro Football Focus, where you get some of the premium stats in. I, I guess I'll stay. I'll stay with you. Uh, actually, I'll go back to to Scott on this. I don't know if Scott uh, was here at the beginning of the show when I went over this, but uh, we haven't looked at the premium stats too much here, Scott. So uh, I went over the, with this with Tyler, and uh, this page right here, where it just lists the overall team grades for every major statistic. This is such a time saver for me in terms of doing some of my own research on what to start, and then you can copy paste it or download it as a CSV and color code it yourself. If you want here, um, the premium, the, uh, the highly advanced premium stats package at pro football focus this year has really improved. And, uh, I, I use this, I use football outsiders and I use sharp football. That's basically all I use for all of my analysis anymore. I don't even have to go to like 20 different websites. Anymore. Scott. Yeah. Sorry. You, you lost me. What was that? The uh, the the premium stats here, Pro Football Focus. Where, right. Like, the page. Can you see the page I'm on here? No, I can't. I'm sorry. You can't. All right, Tyler. Can you see the page I'm on here? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Tyler, tell me what's going on here. All right. So it's basically a simplified version of color coding the best and worst matchups here. Um, what I like to do is just sort like either by run defense or by pass rush or coverage. Yeah, whatever you're find, looking, whatever you're looking for for the week. Yeah, and try to find teams to avoid or teams to target. So here on run defense, all the way at the bottom, the Raiders are the third worst, which makes Melvin Gordon a smash play. Um, and then you can also do the same thing with pass rush and coverage grades to try to find teams that you want to target. What, well. what are we doing with Alvin Kamara on the Thursday through Monday slate? <laughs> I, I, I see the Redskins at the bottom. Oh my goodness. How are we doing that with uh, Mark Ingram? But anyway, this is, I have this page up pretty much all week long um, for all my research. It's a great tool. It is part of the, the, uh, the more expensive product. There's some stuff in here. You can get lost in this stuff. Um, but it's a really great tool uh, at PFF. And then Tyler, the uh, snaps and pace. Uh, what do you, what'd you pick out here from Pat Thorman? We reference this every week. Uh, I read uh, I read Ben Gretsch's uh, article here. He works for Fantasy Insiders, part of Roto Grinders. Uh, I read Evan Silva's article, and I read the Snaps and Pace article, and uh, I do my own stuff. But other than that, those are pretty much the main articles I read. Yeah, and this is definitely one that I start my research on, just trying to find out where we can get the most plays and the most potential for fantasy points. Of course, the number one option here: the Falcons at Pittsburgh Steelers, highest scoring game on the slate for a reason. There's also going to be a lot of plays. No huddle at home for the Steelers. Yes, a very important statistic there that uh, Pat Thorman, the author, uncovered. Uh, another game that I found very interesting that um, I wasn't initially on, which is one that Scott had talked about, was the Vikings-Eagles game. Really like this game because considering both are going to be pass-funnel defenses, the secondary of the Eagles had just allowed a ton of yardage to Marcus Mariota last week. The Vikings just got torn up by Jared Goff last week. I think this is a great game that could go under the radar as far as stacking. Yeah, I like this one. Are we concerned? I see the Cardinals down here at the bottom. I think this, you know, after Rosen gets comfortable, it's against San Francisco. I think the Cardinals can kind of up their snaps a little bit this week. Does that concern you at all for David Johnson? Oh, it's definitely a concern. Um, being the lowest in place for game is definitely something we should yes. be uh, worried about. That's why I'm a little bit more apt to use David Johnson in tournaments, um, just chasing that multi-touchdown ceiling. All right. So that'll wrap it up uh, for some of the PFF stuff. Uh, just a great site. Lots of information. If you just like to read about some football stuff, too, they have great articles uh, day in, day out about anything you, you want to get your hands on for football. So uh, let's get to some wide receivers. Uh, Tyler, you've talked too much, so I'm going to go back to Scott. And uh, Scott, what, what are you telling me here? I don't understand what you have here on the sheet here. So who's your studs at wide receiver? Uh, yeah, I, I just said... Uh... Oh, MME. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a multi-entry week, you know, so I'll just uh, go back to my actual opportunity article. Mm-hmm. So the wide receivers with the best volume, Adam Thielen, then Antonio Brown, then Juju Smith-Schuster. Absolutely love all of them. Then Hopkins, who's off the main slate. Then Julio, who's my number one, but Tyler stole him. Then Landry, <laughs> who I absolutely love my top, uh, positive regression candidate by actual opportunity, like Corey Davis was last week. He's hurt, but good matchup. Then a few spots below him is Stefan Diggs, and I love really all these guys. 
Atlanta ranks dead last in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to wide receivers. It's good news for Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. A lot of relevant slot matchups this week. The Jets, Vikings, Ravens, Falcons all rank bottom four. Fantasy points per game allowed to slot wide receivers. That's good news for, in order, Emmanuel Sanders, Nelson Aguilar, Jarvis Landry, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, the Eagles have given up the third most fantasy points per game to right-wide receivers. That's where Stephon Diggs uh, runs the majority of his routes. Pittsburgh's given up the second most fantasy points per game to left-wide receivers. That's where Julio Jones runs the majority of his routes. So a lot of high-end wide receivers to like. Which one's my favorite? Don't don't really have one. Sorry. Yeah, just uh, not Keenan Allen, not Odell Beckham Jr. You could probably. Play I mean, Keenan. I mean, I mean, they're due. <laughs> Can you? My real question is. Has the Steelers allowed a touchdown to a left wide receiver? This is the most important thing. <laughs> <laughs> is Leon Jones going to score a touchdown? It's incredible. He's doing so good and he doesn't have a touchdown. Uh, Odell Beckham is another guy that's doing reasonably well without a touchdown. If they ever catch the touchdowns, these, these could be the nuclear weeks for these guys. So uh, just pay attention to that. Uh, Tyler, uh, let's talk about uh, Julio Jones this week. Yeah, it's a perfect segue. Uh, touchdowns are for the birds. Fortunately for Julio, he is a bird. And this is the week he not only reaches the end zone, but does it twice. I don't know. It never happens. <laughs> All right. Everyone gets their one Julio card once a year where they think he erupts. Luckily, I've got mine laminated and I play it every single week. Julio is always in my tournament lineups and I'm relentlessly chasing this immediate touchdown regression that is bound to happen. Pittsburgh's allowing the second most receiving yards, third most fantasy points opposing wideouts. Now they're facing the league leader in receiving yards and air yards. As we just mentioned earlier, this game is laden in pace and volume, should feature a ton of plays. Touchdown regression's coming, and I'm not missing out on it. Yeah, I think uh, Julio is a uh, – there's no one that's really going to say Julio's a bad play this week. I think he uh, – if you've got to predict a touchdown, seems like as good a week as any for Julio <laughs> to get into the end zone. Um, let's talk a couple of value-wide receivers. Uh, Scott, I'll start with you. Now, last week, the four to 5K range had, I don't know, eight or nine playable guys, and they seemed to all hit last week. Now, this week, it's not as many, but I think there are some very good plays. You've got Taiwan Taylor in here. I like him. Um, I think Marvin Jones is 4700 this week, which seems uh, like a real one of the biggest mispricings on the week. I know it's always tough there with three wide receivers, but they all get their volume, and he is the end zone guy without question there right now. Um, there's a couple other, but I'll let you talk about Taiwan, who I do like quite a bit this week. Yeah, so Marvin Jones is probably the the right answer, but uh, props to Tyler. Beat me, beat me to it. Yep. Uh, Corey Davis is going to be shadowed by Tredavious White, who ranks 11th best of 105 qualifying cornerbacks and fantasy points per route uh, in coverage over the past two seasons. Uh, he's our number 18 highest graded cornerback that should open up more targets for their now number two option in the receiving game with Delaney Walker out with uh, Richard Matthews, who knows where. Um, and Taylor saw really good volume last week. He totaled 17.4 expected fantasy points per game. That was 19th most of the position last week. Uh, he definitely benefited from, from game script and overtime shootout. Uh, so volume's not going to be that good every week, uh, but it should be that good this week. Uh, Buffalo is giving up the eighth most fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see Taiwan. What Taiwan. Taiwan Taylor. Taiwan. Taiwan. All right. I don't know. Whatever. Don't Taiwan. Know. Taiwan's Taiwan. a country. Uh, but he's, <laughs> but he's uh, 500 off minimum price on FanDuel, and he's a 1K off minimum price on DraftKings. So he is super cheap. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, let's talk Marvin Jones. I also want to throw in uh, a couple other guys. Let me scroll in here. So we've got uh Sanu I think is 4,000 I don't like rostering Sanu but if you want a piece of this game I think that allows you to get it cheap here uh he's probably the other guy in this price tier DD Westbrook uh is another one after his big game although uh, I think it's a little hard to trust which receiver is going to be the one that catches a touchdown or has a big game for Jacksonville all I know is probably one of them will uh what what do you like here with Marvin Jones uh, he was the first name that immediately stood out to me in terms of value this week. Uh, apparently, I'm not the only one, though. I think by the time Sunday hits. Oh, he'd be he very hit, popular. Yeah, he'll, I think he could reach double-digit ownership, um, which is understandable. He's the cheapest guy of this entire Detroit trio. Um, the targets really only go to those three guys. But Marv is the guy with the highest ceiling, in my opinion. He's tied for the league lead in end zone targets with nine. He's top 10 in air yards. He's historically crushed the Packers, who are once again battling injuries in their secondary. 
And with a 51-point game total, there figures to be quite a bit of scoring here. Yeah, uh, I love Mar- Marvin Jones was on my shell team I made uh, before the show here. W- what's your thoughts on guys like D.D. Westbrook, Mohamed Sanu? Uh, you can mix in a couple other guys. The the low 5K tier, there's, there's a couple other guys. Anunwa, mm-hmm. I think, is okay. You've got Sterling Shepard's up to 5,600. John Brown's 5,600. Demarius Thomas, Tyler Boyd. So we don't have the 4 to 5K range as strong, but the, the 4 to 6K range, I think, is really loaded on DraftKings this week. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Sanu, I like if you're doing some Atlanta-Pittsburgh game stacks. Otherwise, I'm not really that interested. 100 yards he got last week, but that was like a rarity for Sanu. Uh, Didi Westbrook, I think, is a really good play. Leads league in yak from the slot. Faces a Kansas City secondary that's allowing the most yak, peanut butter, meat jelly. Uh, Christian Kirk and Tyler Lockett, I think those are two cheap options that I think should also see a good amount of targets. Um, like you said, there's a lot of guys under 5K that you are pretty viable. Yeah, um, very interesting. Uh, Scott, let's go to your dud. And I think this has to do with uh, impossible uh, touchdown rate of Mr. Calvin Ridley, who is on fire. So uh, interesting. This isn't like Tyler telling us to fade Michael Thomas a couple <laughs> of weeks ago, but this uh, this is something that could come back to haunt you here. So why are we hating on Calvin Ridley? Uh, I, w- I just want to add that I, I didn't like any of the names that you mentioned. I think the only one I'd, I'd play of the like nine – is uh, Tyler Boyd. But, um, uh, yeah, Calvin Ridley is not, like, a straight fade. Uh, he's just, you know, unsustainably efficient right now. He ranks 44th in expected fantasy points per game, 13th in actual. Uh, he's the wide receiver 15 on FanDuel, wide receiver 20 in pricing. Uh, he's definitely still in play, just, like, really risky and due for some some serious regression. Uh, I, like, a guy like Tyler Boyd, way better volume, similar uh, productivity um which should go up with uh tyler eifert out so um he's a he's my pivot there boyd lines up too to have a big game with uh howard on the outside with the ej green uh, i would agree i would take boyd over ridley. good call yeah um tyler what do you what do you think on ridley are you on board impossible to score 1.5 touchdowns per game as a receiver no they're all going to holyo this week Yep. <laughs> That's what you want to say. Uh, you got uh, Amari Cooper as your dud. Uh, what do you see in here? Just uh, it's a tough outside matchup. The Chargers aren't really, you know, Joey Bosa leaves that team and they just completely fall apart because they can't get any pass rush. And um, Amari is, I don't know, he's entered. I mean, he's not Brandon Cooks to me, but it seems like he has these huge ceiling games. Um, not someone I eliminate from my GPP pool, right? Yeah, I think he has the floor ceiling that are both scary, where he could go off or he yes. could give you a two for 20. Um, the the matchup here is what worries me against Casey Hayward, who's done a great job shadowing him over their last three games they've played each other. Here are his, uh, Amari Cooper's stat lines. One catch, seven yards on one target. One for 11 on four targets. One for 28 on three targets. Is Cooper, one of, is Cooper like one of these cornerback matchup dependent um, like we had with Des Bryant was, right? Is Cooper one of these guys too? I, I believe I've read something on, on him being one of them. I think Scott would have a better answer on that one than I would. What do you got on you, – can you you know that off the top of your head, Scott? Uh, I know he's my right behind Ridley as my second most unsustainably efficient uh, player by actual opportunity data. I also want to say that his uh, near end zone work is constantly being overstated. Uh, you know, red zone targets don't really matter if they're targets, you know, at the 19 yard line, your chances of scoring are just as low as from the 34 yard line. So if you look at like end zone targets and targets inside the 10, uh, you know, it's still pretty good, but it's it's nowhere near as good as like people hype them up to be. Um, yeah, that's about it. All right, let's move it on to tight end. And uh, I, I never thought I'd see, especially after a huge game, Tyler, that Travis Kelsey would be 6k on DraftKings, and you gotta think it's a good funnel spot for him right i mean the jaguars have a really good defense but uh i think they're really good on the outside maybe kelsey's able to take advantage of them the 6k price tag it is reachable if you want to play him you can do it this week he's not really going to be 6k again i think all season um i want to know more about this matchup here yeah, I agree with you entirely. Avoid the shutdown corners on the perimeter. Attack the middle of the field. It just makes so much sense to utilize Kelsey this week. He had a slow start in week one, but ever since then, he's become a primary target for Mahomes. He's seen double-digit targets in each of their last three games. Averaged 25.4 DraftKings points during that time span. Ertz, who's also been on fire, has 
gone for 18.9, just for some perspective there. The Jaguars have done a good job of limiting stud tight ends early. They've already played Gronk. They've already played Evan Ingram. Both of them put up stinkers, um, but neither were commanding such a high target percentage of their team like Kelsey was. So I think Kelsey's a guy that, despite what looks like a tough matchup on paper, uh, is a guy that I definitely think you could target at just 6K. Yeah, I think he's interesting. I also like uh, Scott's pick here. Uh, Scott, if I told you, know, it's a tight end, state of tight end in NFL is absolutely horrible right now. If I told you there was a tight end who got double digit targets in every week, you'd be jonesing to put him into your, into your lineup sets this week. That's what we have with Ertz in this game. This, they're just going to be passing all game long in this. All the guys from Philadelphia in the backfield to catch passes are still hurt. It's all going to be funneled to the wide receivers and the tight ends. Uh, 6,500, he should be like a $7,000 player. Kelsey should be a $7,000 player. These guys are actually pretty big values this week. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. It's because, you know, DraftKings, I guess, uh, is basing their their salaries on production rather than volume. And his volume has been insane. Uh, he's my number two positive regression candidate right after Jarvis Landry. Uh, you know, he had poor efficiency in the Nick Foles starts. He's gotten a little unlucky in the touchdown apartment, but uh, uh, he leads all tight ends by 3.6. He ranks seventh among all receivers in expected fantasy points per game, yet he's priced like uh, a high-end tight end rather than basically the the mid to low uh, end wide receiver one. His usage suggests he's 3.0 targets per game more than the next closest tight end. Uh, he ranks fourth among all receivers and targets per game. Uh, even with Alshon back, uh, you know, volume's going to be great. Production's going to be good. I used this stat again. I uh, used it last week. Ertz averages 17.5 fantasy points per game across his last 17 healthy games with Carson Wentz under center. That's, that easily would have led the position last year. Would have been, again, wide receiver one numbers. Uh, and Minnesota has given up two 90-plus yard games to tight ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ertz is their best receiver. He, he's probably going to go nuclear because you know this game i think is is a high scoring shootout yeah and with the state of tight end just getting uh you can argue getting the high floor high ceiling combo at tight end is one of the biggest positional advantages you can get right now Um, i don't normally pay up i i probably still won't because i like to get the antonio browns and the melvin gordons into my cash team specifically but for tournaments these guys are, are fair game and at tight end or even in the flex um you're gonna get them low ownership and they both have plenty of upside so i like these uh i like the high-end wide receivers quite a bit this week uh tyler value so we're, we're scrounging around we don't have eric ebron uh to bail us out on the main slate this week he's only on the thursday slate so we're looking for tight ends and high scoring games that are seeing their snaps go up they run a lot of routes and when they're on the field they don't block at all um that would be vance mcdonald he's 3700 uh, Atlantic has been good against tight ends this year. I looked at, uh, what was that, the, the DVOA. Looks like they've been pretty tough. Um, I'm throwing that aside. I think Vance McDonald's a pretty good player this week. Yeah, he's 3700 on DK, but he's only 4600 on FanDuel, $100 more than the bare minimum. Well, Autoplay. What are they going dog. on over there? I don't <laughs> I'm 100% Look at that. You, Scott. Scott couldn't even control himself. He's too excited for Vance. Uh, <laughs> he's had at least five targets in six of his last seven games, including the postseason picking up at least 50 yards and or touchdown in five of those seven. He has the largest advantage per our tight end matchup chart. Um, that's by a long shot. And he, like you said, he rarely stays in line to block, just 13%. Great way to get a piece of this week's highest scoring game, especially on FanDuel. Yeah, Vance, uh, going to make you dance this week. I mean, even 3,700 on DraftKings in the state of tight end, that's like uh, about as good as you can get here. I don't hate uh, anyone thoughts on Najoku. Um, as a, as a value play, you've got Jared cook in here. We'll get to him in a second. He, he's definitely probably too cheap. Um, Najoku, Hooper, Uzoma, uh, any of those guys doing, do anything for you? Uh, they're, they're okay. Values on DraftKings. Nick Vanette too, as someone I'd mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, Vance on FanDuel is definitely my top value tight end, but, uh, Tyler beat me to it again. So Jared cook <laughs> ranks second at the position expected fantasy points per game. Second in targets per game, uh, first in expected touchdowns per game. Uh, granted, he's also had like one of the easiest schedules to start the year I've ever seen. Uh, but you know that volume still makes him a top value on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Like, I don't care if he has the toughest matchup this week. If he's seeing 
the sort of volume he's averaged over the last four weeks, he's he's still easily one of the, the best values in the position. Yeah, his uh, start to the season is just tight end funnel after tight end funnel after tight end funnel after tight end funnel. Rams, Denver, Miami, Cleveland. Um, char- I don't know. If uh, Amari Cooper's the dud, he got he's got to throw it to somebody. It cooks uh, forty eight hundred, probably a little bit too cheap uh, given his recent performance. So I like that call uh, quite a bit here. Uh, Tyler, you obviously did not like David Njoku because you put him in the dud column this week. Uh, why why are you hating on Njoku? I just wanted to give a bit of a hot take here for a fade, uh, but it's honestly one that I really believe in because Najoku has been pretty terrible to start the year. He's been tight end 24 in week one, tight end 24 in week two, tight end 27 in week three, and tight end 13 in week four. Yeah, he's he's, moving, he's going up. That's he's making progress. Uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> but I don't think he's going to get much progress here against the Ravens. Again, this defense we don't want to play. Uh, they're allowing the eighth fewest DK points to opposing tight ends. They have yet to allow one to reach the end zone. Najoku draws the second toughest matchup per our tight end matchup chart. Um, I'm probably just going to play a lot of Vance McDonald and fade Najoku entirely. Yeah, uh, Scott, give me 30 seconds on your dud. Uh, Antonio Gates, he unfortunately passed away two years ago. So <laughs> don't play him. Don't play him in your DFS lineups. Uh, all right. Uh, we're going to get out of here on that. Uh, guys, go check out all the stuff over at Pro Football Focus. Uh, they have their Edge subscription. I think it's 40 bucks. Get you access to Scott's actual opportunity articles, along with Pat Thorman's article that we covered here, and about 20 million other things every single week. If you want to step your game up uh, and get to the premium stats 2.0 use all the sheets and just get lost in statistics and Excel sheets. If you want to be a uh, advanced level DFS player, go check it out. So guys, uh, it's going to do it for the week five edition of the pro football focus show. Thanks to Tyler and Scott for joining me. I am Britt and we out you. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at woodhousemazda.com.